Hey there, welcome to Made New Ministries podcast with Sharon McFadden. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome back to Made New Ministries podcast. I'm so excited to tell you this incredible story of how God not only called me, but provided for me and equipped me to go on two incredible trips to Kenya, Africa. You see, it started 20 years ago, and I hope I have enough time to share this entire story with you. I may have to give you the short version, but sit back, get comfortable, and uh, listen to this incredible story. But it did start about 20 years ago when I was first introduced to Pastor Simon Buari from Kenya, Africa, through some friends of ours in our Sunday school class. They had had contact with him, and he is this incredible man of God who was called by God to start this pastor's training school in Kenya, Africa. And so um, they had contact with him. They invited him to come here to the United States and to speak to our pastors here at Weddington United Methodist Church and to share what God had put on his heart and mind to train up men and women uh, from all around the area and the regions and uh, even out into the uh, furthest regions of the Samburu area to train them up and um, to create in them to create them to be these great pastors to go back to their communities and to share the word of God with communities of people who some of them had church buildings, but some of them did not. Some of them were just meeting under trees in the shade and they were having church. And um, a lot of them did not have uh, the Bible in their native language, but these pastors would take them the Word of God and share them the Word of God, Word of God after going through pastor's training school. And this was the vision that Pastor Simon had been given by God. And so he shared that vision with our church, and our church um, prayerfully considered it and became ministry partners with Pastor Simon. And um, I was so impressed with him. He was just somebody that you knew you could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit on him when he was there speaking with us. And uh, it wasn't long before one of uh, our first teams uh, from our church went to Kenya, Africa with him and um, saw everything that Pastor Simon believed God was calling him to do. And one of the things that Pastor Simon and his wife Lucy were doing in the evenings was going out into the streets of Nahururu and um, caring for oh, just so many orphaned children who were just living on the streets who were homeless and uh, were hungry. And so they would take food to as many children as they could every single day. They would go out and do this. And they just had a heart for these children. And so when our some of our members of our team that had gone over with this in this particular trip, they said, uh, we've got to do something about this and we've got to help Pastor Simon with this. And they began to pray and to plan and God led them to help Pastor Simon start an orphanage over there for these children to get them off the street and to be cared for uh, day in and day out. And so that is what started as the Home of the Good Shepherd Orphanage and is still operating today, caring for these children of, of Nahururu and surrounding areas. And so um, throughout the years, I was just so impressed by Pastor Simon. He would come and visit 
our church and he would share with us everything that was happening with the pastor's school and with the orphanage. And every time I just prayed and I just dreamed of someday going to Kenya and actually meeting these children, um, being able to actually uh, maybe share the word of God uh, in a church or, or somewhere over there. Just It was just one of those prayers that, quite frankly, I never thought would actually happen, but I always thought it would be awesome if it could. Well, uh, in 2012, um, I was approached by uh, a good friend of mine, Greg Wyatt. He and his wife, Carol, had been involved with Pastor Simon and the Home of the Good Shepherd and helping all of that get started. We're strong supporters of the Home of the Good Shepherd and Pastor Simon and the, the Pastor's Training School. And um, he was sharing with us one evening and he he turned to me and he asked me if I would ever consider going to Kenya and sharing God's word um, with uh, groups of people, anybody that Pastor Simon um, would take me to and allow me to share God's word because I had just begun um, sharing uh, God's word with people. I'd had the call by God to share his word with passion. I had just begun doing that. And, um, and so Greg asked me if I would consider going to Kenya. And I have to tell you, I was overjoyed. I could not believe it. And I began to, I did pray about it, but in my excitement, I was just like, yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll go. I came back and I talked with my husband, Dean, about it, of course. And uh, he began to pray about it with me. And he had some concerns, of course, about uh, about safety, about financial matters, because it's not uh, cheap to go. It's, it's it's very expensive. It gets expensive for the flights and everything to go to Kenya and about childcare. We had two young daughters at the time and he worked full time. He's ran his own, he was running his own business, of course. And um, it was going to be difficult uh, to take care of all of these issues. But as we prayed about it together, he decided, he came to the conclusion that if God was calling me to go and I felt strongly that he was, that I should go. And so um, once I shared with Greg and the team that God, that Dean had given me his blessing to go within 24 hours, no lie, I'm telling you, within 24 hours, I had someone offer me the first $500 to go on that trip. Within another 24 hours, I had another $1,000 given to me to go on this trip. And before long, within the week, I had the full amount I needed to go on this mission trip. Not only that, but I had friends step up who said they would help me with getting the girls to school and getting them home from school and helping Dean out with the girls while I was gone. So God totally provided everything I needed. And that was in 2012. And we were planning and preparing and praying for the trip that would take place in August of 2013. So we uh, we were going to be a small team, just four or five of us, and we were planning and preparing and praying all the way. And then August was there. It was time for us to go. The Sunday before we were scheduled to go on Monday morning, uh, they were praying for us at church and they were um, uh, equipping us and praying for us and consecrating us ready to go on this trip. And I had this terrible feeling that if I went on this trip, I was going to die, that I literally was going to die in Kenya if I went on this trip. 
Uh, I just tried to pray against it. I tried not to listen to it, but it was so strong. Uh, but throughout the night, I just prayed and I said, Lord, I feel like I'm going to die if I go on this trip, but I am going. My suitcase is packed. I've had all my shots. Um, and unless you stop this trip, I, I will go. I'll be obedient to what you have called me to do. So I said good night and I said goodbye to my girls, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, I woke up the next morning ready to get to the church bright and early. And you would not believe what had happened. Overnight, there had been some trouble in the Nairobi airport, which is the international airport that we were to fly into. And it was on fire. It was literally on fire in the international part of the airport and all flights had been canceled. All flights. Our our flight was canceled and we were not going to be able to leave that day as scheduled, as we were scheduled to do, to go on our trip. And so, quite frankly, I dropped to my knees and I thanked the Lord. I just thanked the Lord that He somehow had intervened and stopped us from going uh, because I really had felt strongly that something really bad was going to happen if we went. Um, then I felt guilty for that. I had to process all of that. But what we ended up doing was begin again to pray and plan and prepare to go in the fall of 2014. The same group, four or five of us. We decided we would start all this planning and preparing again, and we were trusting in the Lord. So we did that. We we started over and we began to pray and plan and prepare. And then August came of 2014. Now, some of you may or may not remember, but in August of 2014, there was this huge outbreak of Ebola in Africa. It was spreading across the entire area, across the entire country. And it was so bad. It was all over the news. In fact, the week that we were supposed to go, uh, it was all over the news that two, there was two American doctors who had contracted Ebola and they were bringing them back to the United States and everybody was dressed in all the protective garb, the white suits, the mask, everything. It was terrifying. It was so terrifying. And we were scheduled to fly into Nairobi uh, to the repaired airport and uh, right where some of the um, Ebola was. Actually, it was in more of the western part of the country, but we were to go there. It was spreading throughout the country. We didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that God would care for us, that we had had all the vaccinations that we could possibly have. There wasn't a vaccination for Ebola, of course, but we uh, were called by God. He had provided everything for us. We still had all the money that we had put into it uh, was returned to us, which was a miracle in and of itself. So it was paid for. We were ready to go. So begin to pray again and um, begin to get fearful as everybody talked about the Ebola. But I knew that God would protect us. I just knew he would. Well, as we got closer, people began to talk about that with Ebola, there was an incubation period that you could be you could have been exposed to Ebola. You could have Ebola and not know it for like 14 days, I think it was. You could have Ebola and not know it, and then you could spread it to other people. So 
fear began to came over me that not that I would get it necessarily, but that I would have it and come home and not know it and that I would pass it on to my sweet little girls or to my husband, that I would bring it back to them and it would cause them to die. And so that was my biggest fear. And I began to get so fearful, Lord, I cannot bring this back to my girls or to my husband. I just can't do that. I'm just so fearful. And so the day before we were to leave, I'm praying through this. I'm so fearful about it. And the Lord took me to a scripture that was from Psalm 16, verse 8, that says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so I just prayed that throughout the day. I prayed that throughout the day. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. Uh, however, I was still fearful. As I was finishing up packing, I was saying goodnight to my girls once again and preparing to leave the next day. I was so fearful. And I heard this still small voice from the Lord. And he said, Sharon, have faith over fear. Have faith over fear. And so... I knew God was speaking to me and I knew he was calling me to just trust in him and to have that faith over fear and to, to go, to just go. So I woke up early the next morning. I got to the church and I shared with my team uh, this message that God had given me of faith over fear. And that, that was to, that, that was what I was holding on to and that, um, that I was not going to be fearful, but I was going to have faith that God was going to protect us. And so that kind of became our prayer through, for the whole team was to have faith over fear. And so on the long journey over there, on the airplane ride over there, I was just all in God's word. I was just all in the Bible. And I was saying, God, please give me, um, please give me the message that I need to go along with this faith over fear. Show me from scripture who I need to speak on with um, to the people of Kenya about faith over fear. And he uh, opened my eyes to the story of David, <laughs> to the story of David, who, as you know, uh, in in First Samuel chapter 17, went up against Goliath. He had this incredible faith that although he was young and small, that his God would help him conquer over Goliath that it would be God who would win the battle, that everyone would see that God was with him when he conquered over Goliath. And I said, well, well, God, where did David get that faith? How did he know that you were with him? Where did that faith come from? So I backed up a chapter into chapter 16 when I see the prophet Samuel come to anoint David to be the next king. It's an incredible story. Go back and look at it. Open up your Bibles and look at chapter 16. When God had uh, called the prophet uh, Samuel to go and anoint one of Jesse's eight sons, just one of them, to be the next king. But he didn't tell him which one it was going to be. But whenever he got to Bethlehem and Jesse brought seven of his sons before Samuel to anoint one of them, we didn't know which one, Samuel didn't know which one it was going to be, God continually said, no, not this one, not this one. And he said, do not consider his appearance. This was the, of the oldest son, who was the oldest son. He was tall, he was handsome, 
He was the obvious candidate, right? From the outward appearance. But God said, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Isn't that good news? People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesse brought son after son, seven sons before Samuel said, none of them, none of them are the one. None of them are it. Don't you have any other sons? And Jesse said, well, yeah, I've got one more. He's the youngest son. He's out tending sheep. Jesse had not even considered him. He had not even brought him in because he was only considering his outward appearance. He was young. He was the youngest son. He was small and he was out tending the sheep. So the prophet Samuel said, go get him. We're not going to even sit down until you bring him to us. Jesse sent for David and they brought David in. And when they brought David before Samuel, the Lord said in verse 12, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Oh my goodness. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, catch this, y'all listen, from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Right then and there, when he was anointed by Samuel, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He was covered with the Holy Spirit from that day forward. So when we look ahead then in chapter 17 and the whole story of David and Goliath, whenever all of the Israelites, including his seven big brothers, were too scared to go up against Goliath, David walks up just bringing lunch to his brothers and he remembers who his God is. And he chooses faith over fear. Now, Saul tries to put his, um, his armor on David to go into the fight. He puts this huge helmet on him and this, this whole suit of armor that's way too big for David because he's still a young guy. He's still a young guy and he can't wear King Saul's armor to go into battle. David says, um, he says, I have to go with what God has given me. In fact, let's look at um, verse 39. Uh, it says that David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around in the armor because he was not used to it. It was clunky. Can you imagine? Can you see him walking around in it? And it's all clunky and he can't, he can't maneuver it. And so David says, I cannot go in these he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. That's not what God had gifted him in. Not in this suit of armor, okay? So he took all of the armor off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. You see, David had to go before Goliath and what God had given him to overcome this giant. Not what he gave Saul, not what he gave his brothers, but what God had given him to overcome. 
David had been protecting the sheep with this staff, with his staff and with uh, his shepherd's bag and with his slingshot. He had been fighting off the lion and the bear. And with his slingshot and with his staff, he had overcome them with God's help. And he knew God was with him. So that's all he needed to go into battle up against Goliath. Well, you know the story. Goliath was coming out and he was shouting all of these awful things. And um, uh, he was shouting all of these things in the um, the Israelite army, including David's brothers, were scared. They had been waiting 40 days listening to this Philistine come out and saying he would fight just even one Israelite. If he would come out, it would just be a battle between one Israelite and him. But nobody would do it. Now, in all honesty, David, I mean, excuse me, Goliath was huge. He, it says he was nine foot, nine inches, and he wore this huge, heavy uh, armor of bronze, and it was just, he was humongous. He was, he was so intimidating, uh, but David knew that God was with him, so he goes before David. He goes up before Goliath, and he says this to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world, catch this, will know that there is a God in Israel. Now listen, in verse 47, it says, all those gathered here will know that is not, excuse me, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. The Lord saves, and he will give all of you into our hands. You see, when God calls us to go up against a Goliath, and it's, it from the outward appearance doesn't seem like we would be able to overcome a Goliath, God works on our behalf. When we have faith over fear, when we have faith in God to battle for us, <coughs> excuse me, so this day when I was in Kenya, when I get to Kenya and I had this incredible opportunity to share this entire story before a congregation in this small little rural church uh, outside of Nahururu and um, is packed full of people, just these beautiful people ready there to worship God. And Pastor Simon is there and he is actually going to translate for me because I'm going to speak in English He's going to translate in Swahili, and all I can think is and pray is, God, let them hear faith over fear. If they hear nothing else, if they don't understand anything else through the translations, let them hear faith over fear, and that it's you who empowers them to overcome Goliaths or giants in their life. And so I delivered the message, and it was the oh, it was the answer to prayer that I was that I was actually preaching in Kenya with Pastor Simon. And later, uh, we were having lunch at the pastor's house. 
And some of the congregational members came and came to greet us and say hello to us. And this older woman came up to me. I don't think she spoke any English or very little English, but she came up to me and she took me by the shoulders and looked me right in the eye and said, faith over fear, faith over fear. She said that. And I just cried. I just, tears just welled up in my eyes. And I just hugged her and loved on her and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me this message to share. And even if it's one woman who heard the message of faith over fear, I was so overwhelmed with gratitude toward the Lord that he allowed me to do that. Well, friends, our time is getting short, but I wanted to remind you today, I wanted to ask you, are you facing a giant today? Are you facing a giant? Well, listen, God gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you the same spirit that he gave David. In Acts 1.8, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in 1 Timothy 1.7, it says, for the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So today, are you, are you up against a Goliath? Are you going into battle? Remember, David's real weapon was his faith in God and what God would do through him. So no matter what the world may tell you, that you're too young or, or too old or you don't have enough experience or you haven't been studying God's word long enough or you don't have the education to share God's word with somebody, do not listen. God does not look at the outer appearance. He looks at the inward appearance, at your heart, and then he equips you. He has equipped you with the Holy Spirit. You are ready for battle. All you must do is choose faith over fear. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. And I pray for you. I pray that if you are in battle, that this has encouraged you. It has reminded you that your God loves you. And that your God has equipped you to do everything he's called you to do, even if it seems impossible. Then just choose this day to have faith over fear. In Jesus' name, see you next week.